Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm breastfeeding. <laughs> it's, it's very true, you guys. This is the most distracted I'll ever be during an intro. I'm Vanessa Raglan and I'm breastfeeding my baby right now. And me. I'm on one, baby's on the other. It's Eat really, up, it's, Cole. it's tough. Cole's about to have a growth spurt. <laughs> I wish I was In a little bit pants. taller. I Just wish I was a baller. Oh, please. Gross. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is our worst intro ever. Uh, but maybe the best. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming and listening. Yeah, we've got such an exciting guest today. We do. It's like your whole childhood's going to flash before your eyes. Yep. The entire thing. And then <laughs> you're going to talk. Hope you got time. <laughs> um, if you answer this, this uh, episode's first question... There's a little something in it for you. Yeah, see? you can win a copy of The Sixth Sense signed by Bruce Willett. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> signed by Cole Sear himself, Haley Joel Osment. So uh, leave that on our website for this episode. Hotmyculturepodcast.com. You just click on the link for this episode and leave it in the comments section. That's right. Speaking of this episode, we have a sponsor, Vanessa. Do, do, do. We do. Loot Crate. What? Yeah, Loot Crate is uh, it's a subscription box service for geeks and gamers that delivers epic items to your door for less than $20 a month, and that what? includes shipping and handling. You can get one, three, or six-month plans. Uh, previous crates have included items from Marvel, Nintendo, Blizzard, and many more, and you have until the 19th of every month at 9 p.m. Pacific time, because everything goes by Pacific in our world, <laughs> to sign up for that month, and when it's over, it's over. Uh, they're supposed to be sending us a crate at some point, so as soon as we get one, we'll let we'll you guys let you know, know what, we saw. what cool goodies we get. But it's such a good idea. I mean, it's great to get for yourself, obviously, but I have so many friends that are so into like geek culture and stuff like that, and I never know what to give them, but this is like the perfect gift because you don't have to figure it out. It's curated, it's cool stuff, yep. and it hits on all the stuff people love. Plus, every month, a lucky looter, a Loot Crate subscriber, Whoa. gets the chance to win the Mega Crate. No, they don't. They do. It's epic items that total $750 or more in value. Cha-ching. Previously, there's been con- consoles, collector's editions of games, and other surprises that have been awarded. I hear there's the wheel dragon from Game of Thrones in uh, the next uh, one. I, I, I think you've heard strange <laughs> rumors that are not substantiated. I'm starting my own rumors. <laughs> Many of the uh, crates contain items you've never seen before and loot crate works with licenses and brands you know to get exclusive items on a regular basis it's available outside the u.s as well what yep they ship to canada the uk and australia oh my gosh sorry sri lanka (laughs) (laughs) they are always getting the short end of the loot stick i tell you so loot crate makes a perfect gift for yourself or others join the community become a subscriber you can check out loot crate by going to lootcrate.com slash pop my culture what and uh, you can save $3 off any subscription plan. Hello. Yep. So go to lootcrate.com slash popmyculture. Thanks, Loot Crate. Thank you so much. It's so fun to have a sponsor. It sure is. I think that's about it. Oh, you can actually help us by going on iTunes and leaving us a positive review. Negative reviews actually don't help us <laughs> at all. In fact, they hinder us. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's strange how that works. And you can also email us at info at popmyculturepodcast.com. And uh, outside of our uh, occasional sponsor, uh, your donations help us to make this podcast People possible. like you. That's right. There's a donate button on our website. Popmyculturepodcast.com. And every little bit helps, and we'll do a shout-out to you on a future episode. Oh, my gosh. It's yep. really cool. It is. It's pretty rad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shall we get to our amazing guest? I'm so excited. I think we should. I'm going to make a fool of myself. All I'm right. too excited. Fantastic. Okay, let's do this. All right, here Bye. we go. <laughs> 
Uh, our guest today, well, he was in a little independent film called The Sixth Sense. Uh, Forrest Gump, Pay It Forward, AI, uh, Now You Can Catch Him on IFC Spells of Babylon, Alpha House, and uh, a bunch of other projects we'll be talking yeah. about. Haley Joel Osmond is here. How's it going? Good. You're no slacker, sir. <laughs> no, no, not this year. <laughs> in general, like not since you've been four. Have you been? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Someday you're going to slack and it's going to feel so good. I get like college kind of felt like, I mean, not that's not saying that college was easy, but like it was a consistent schedule for for the first time in my life. So oh, that yeah. felt, in a way, like downtime, even though it wasn't really. But the crafty <laughs> at college. Is- oh, the crafty, yeah. <laughs> well, I went to college in New York City, so crafty was pretty Oh, it was great. still good. Like, like a nice <laughs> deli next door. Spike Lee would be there. It was kind of nice. Was that <laughs> he true? Just, he just pops we, up everywhere. He and right? I had the, a, a, the same uh, morning break. He was editing, uh, I think, when the levees broke mm-hmm. at, at the NYU building where I was, and I would go and get a Bialy, like an egg Bialy, at the same time, like every morning. Would you so guys would chat? Like- yeah, he um, uh, he and I had met a couple times before. Um, one time he came to the premiere of a play I did on Broadway in 2008. So yeah, he's he's one of those New Yorkers that you kind of see around town a lot. Yeah. They're kind of everywhere, yeah. I feel like everybody does have a story of like, and then there he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. I think he has a contract with New York. Like he's required <laughs> to yeah. make X amount of appearances when tourists are around. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, I want to sleep in, but yeah. I got to get up and make these. They got to see me and they got to have a bagel. <laughs> my this is what I got to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, here's a few things happening in pop culture news. We'll, we'll jump into it quickly. Okay. Uh, High Met Your Mother just ended after yep. nine seasons. Um, and very mixed reaction from fans. Uh, do you watch the show at all, Haley? I did not. There's a lot of television that I miss, you know, going back a lot of years. And I, yeah. I was aware of it. And obviously all those actors have other projects. So I'm familiar with yeah. it. And I've seen like an episode here and there. But I was not invested enough to to watch the finale. Neither was so, I. Yeah. But I was invested enough in like Twitter and Facebook to see people's reactions yeah. to the finale. They reacted. Whoa. Was. was it really polarizing? Well, yeah. Well, I didn't seem so much is, polarizing as just Mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen every episode. It's a show I nearly gave up on like several times, but just kept watching it, you know? And it's weird because. Wow, it's one you're of not shows, a slacker either, Cole. What a it's special one of those guy. shows that like was on the bubble for so many seasons early on and yeah. then just sort of became a hit eventually. Yeah. And then, they, then, it, then it kept going to the point where like, should we still be doing this? Like, nine seasons. <laughs> Especially when the whole thing is built around like a guy telling a story to his kids about how he met his mother yeah. for nine seasons. Yeah. <laughs> this is long one long story. story. Yeah. <laughs> the kids are like, Daddy, we're Tired. Yeah. And there's well, I did constant. see the thing where there's like the actors that played the kids in the beginning are like our age now yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, they shot they shot the ending like they knew how they wanted it to end eventually. Oh. So they nine years ago those two kids <laughs> shot the ending for the finale and I had to keep that secret for nine years. Oh my gosh. Which is crazy. I don't think yeah. there's any other show I could think of that did the long grift that way. Yeah. No. Which is pretty crazy. And yeah. but the but that ending is like. The well, it's on is, the heels of the good wife. Right, which is pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah. Too. Ooh, yeah. mama. Things is happening on the tubes, y'all. People yeah. are dying. It's so impressive <laughs> that they can keep that secret. Because now when people bring up The Sixth Sense, I, I usually say, like, I, I mean, I, it still would have been the the movie that it was, but the, the pop culture event, I don't think it would have been because The Secret would have been on Twitter yeah, like two months before the movie came out. So that, that being able to maintain that element of surprise. And even back then, I mean, the internet was around... Back then, um, people 
sort of kept the secret really well, which is nice. I Whenever remember seeing it. They didn't have so patience shocked. to dial up to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that AOL like dial up like, tone is going to be in my head forever because it would try and fail, and yeah. try and fail, and, and it's like, did that soccer yeah. guy nineteen write me back? Yeah, <laughs> everybody was there, right? <laughs> the guy that I told I was a Swedish model when I was yeah. eight years old. <laughs> Not good. Not good. <laughs> and I've, I've some I've, some comedian said recently, like you know, all of the people in the women for women chats were 14 year old boys why don't you show me your boobs <laughs> or at least describe what the boob is like exactly <laughs> but the thing that was really like surprising about well not surprising about the high your mother end is like they waited until the very last season to reveal the identity of the mother yeah which mm. was played by Kristen miliati who's great but they waited until the last season. Then the last season was different because the entire season was Barney and Robin's wedding. So mm-hmm. it was all one, like over a couple of days as opposed to an entire whatever. And they would flash back and jump around a little bit. But pretty much it all took place at this hotel where this, mar- this wedding was happening. But the whole series started with Ted courting Robin. And the very first episode is like their meet cute and their whole thing. And then Ted goes, and that's how I met your Aunt Robin. Basically mm-hmm. saying that's not the mother. Yeah. Psych. And then the whole thing was that way. And then there's lots of close calls throughout the series of like, he's about to marry Sarah Chalk. She leaves him at the altar. Like this whole thing. But the whole series is kind of like this sort of love affair between him and Robin. Yeah. But they spent all these seasons basically saying like, nope, they're not going to get together. Nope, nope, nope. And then they spent a lot of time making us believe that she and Barney would be together. This whole thing. So then the finale happens, and then all this stuff happens so fast. Like, they kind of go through things really quickly over a one-hour episode, which mm. they could have just taken several episodes when they're spinning their wheels yeah. to do this kind of thing. Basically saying, like, hey, Christine Miliati's great. Here's what her actual name is, and she died. And <laughs> the whole Wait, did you, did you find out until the last episode that she died? There was one little hint earlier on where they're having dinner, and then he Isn't starts... is that dark That's and like crazy? Philomena, yeah. though. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. She, Whoops. I mean, you can just look I'm I met your mother. Steve Coogan comes out and says, "Shame on you." Yeah. Uh, but like, yes, yeah, so they, they gave I one little hint. You. They gave one little hint where they're at some dinner, and then they made some comment. He got kind of wistie, and then she's like, "No, no, no, it's okay. Be strong, or whatever." And that's where you're like, "Oh, maybe what's wrong?" Um, so that kind of thing happened. But basically, it's like I was there with her when she got sick, and when she passed, or whatever. It's a great ending to a sitcom. <laughs> I didn't know this is what happened. Isn't that and then, crazy? Well, then what happens is Ted says, like, and then it goes to, cuts to him and goes, and that's how I met your mother. And then the kids go, and this is the thing they filmed nine years ago, like, come on, Dad. This story isn't about how you met your mom. This story is how you had the hots for Aunt Robin. It's been six years since Mom died. Go ahead and ask her out. Really? You think so? Yeah, we love Aunt Robin. Ooh. And then he Like goes, any young child that lost a mother would be like, yeah, date Just date our aunt. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's been six years, Vanessa. <laughs> wow. Um, Dad, this story took nine years to tell. Just date Aunt Robin. And so there's this, this, there's this blue French horn, which was in the very first episode that they stole from a restaurant or whatever. And so at the, the inning is him standing outside her window with the blue French horn and holding it up. And she smiles because she's a single Man, that's always been my fantasy for a man to find a wow. French so horn. So it and- kind of... A lot of people felt it was a cheat in a sense that, like, they spent all this time establishing the thing, but they still, like, see, we didn't cheat. We didn't, you know, it's not, that is, the mother is not Robin, but yeah. he still got together with Robin. I mean, I guess that's ultimately kind of satisfying for people. Except for, I just don't like that somebody has to die. Except at that point, like, I don't think anybody was rooting for them as a couple anymore. Oh. Yeah. They spent so long trying to say, like, nope, they shouldn't be together. She, you know, they're better with other people and, you know, setting up other relationships that you like for them. Yeah. And then, yeah. no, we'll, we'll put them together. Wow. I'm just trying to think of, like, sitcom deaths. Because that one, like, if it's a death at the end, right. uh, you know, that's what you go out on. Cause what, what one was... 
It's rewatching that Seinfeld one where George's oh, yeah. wife died. That's funny to me because that it's was just so, so, yeah. was so cruel that you could just tell they loved doing they that. They loved right. doing like it. Larry David, I saw some interviews in the other day where he's like, I look back on that and I still can't believe I killed that nice yeah. girl. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Larry David right oh, now. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he's the man. Gosh. I started listening. Well, I had to be on bed rest for a while, so we rewatched all of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And then it's... I started having like this uncontrollable crush on him. And then we were listening to all the interviews we could find and yeah. it's just out of control at this point. I like you say his name and I'm like, Oh Larry. The uh, <laughs> What's uh, he comedians doing right in cars with coffee is yes. so good with him. He's yeah. so yeah. charming, isn't he? Well both of them it's like the 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 like the when people think of that show, it's like oh he's so awkward. But but Seinfeld put it really well. He's like he thinks that Larry's the most reasonable person on that show because yeah. it's someone who never, um, you know, pretend acts in their life. Someone yeah. who always says what's on their mind, and you know, I, it's it's a it's such a, a relentlessly brilliant show because all the moments are so small and relatable, but they could, are just teased out to this ridiculous, yeah, and then tied together insanely. Uh, extreme, yeah. But he, they're gonna they might do something on Broadway. Was the rumor right? <gasps> that he and he and Jerry Seinfeld are doing Shut something. Up. Yeah. So what will it be? I don't know. Hopefully something. An awesome. all male review, yeah. <laughs> like Thunder Down Under and Larry <laughs> yeah. David, Matthew McConaughey. Like whipping the air, and then they come out. <laughs> you seen that photo of him and Woody like sunburned in the desert? Yes, like, ten years ago. That, so that's ago. such a good photo. It makes you like True Detective even more. You're like, oh, these guys. Yeah. Oh my god. Man, that was quite a show. Oof. That was dark. Yeah. My uh, my girlfriend wouldn't wouldn't uh, watch it alone. So I, I had it. to wait a long time. I would have just blown it out in a day. Oh, that's not good when you have yeah. to wait. And you get paranoid that people are going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not not as much as a, a Breaking Bad. Oh, my God. But, yeah. That's people seem really antsy to try and, and ruin that for people. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true. <laughs> that Game of Thrones. itching to do it. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, Game of Thrones. I, last summer, I, I had uh, I watched all three seasons last summer, had, had no relationship with it until... Um, the Red Wedding happened, and I didn't know what had happened. I just saw those videos online where it was like, Grandma watches oh, the, the Red reactions, Wedding and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I love Peter Dinklage and all these other actors. Like, I'm probably going to want to watch this eventually. eventually. I might as well do it now, but I can keep it fresh. <laughs> you know? And it was surprising and, and horrible. But like, with that series, it's like anytime any number of main characters gets together, you probably You're like, know what's oh, gonna somebody's yeah, going to die. Gonna survive. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the people who have read the books remind you of over and over again. They're just <laughs> Well, like, oh. after they remind you, of reading the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, uh, you thought that was shocking. Get ready. Yeah. Always, you don't even know. It's, it's always that. It's like, yeah, congratulations. You know the head count. That's yeah. phenomenal. Let me enjoy this. Yeah. Right. Well, that was like, you know, when people were freaking out about the Red Wedding, like, I was like, yeah, it was fairly shocking, except, like, honestly, those are the characters I didn't really like that much. They so, were too, not, like, good. Like, there was, yeah. there was no dirt on him the way that, you know, Dinklage's character is so conflicted. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and the actor that plays Young Joffrey, like, it's just like oh, you, you like you man. know it's an actor, it's an actor, but you're like, God, this person is so asshole. Bad. <laughs> I wonder when he walks on the street if people like spit at him or try to punch him. <laughs> because how can you ever separate him from how? What a little horrible, petulant oh, child. And, he but is. with the head on the stake, when he makes a look at the head, on, that was just oh. But then so I watched brutal. interviews with him, and he seems like the nicest. Yeah, he in was the in, like the Oxford uh, Speakers series. He like was talking about how he like doesn't want to be famous after Game of Thrones. <laughs> like that's going to be his thing. So yeah, he's, I'm going to be the most like a cool loved boy in the world. And yeah, <laughs> it's going to oh be tough because people like if if you're a character, play a character on television or movies or whatever that's so either beloved or reviled mm. that like no one can separate you. from from that person because yeah. like 
you know, and like, you know, Danny Pudi's been friends yeah. with me for a long time, and like, he'll walk down the street, and people are like, oh my god, Abed! Abed. They call him Abed. Yeah. Or they call him Danny Pudi, they know his name. Yeah. But they'll come up, and they like, they feel like they can approach him, because the character of Abed seems so approachable and yeah. nice. And, you know, like, he's he's weird, but in a great way, like, let me go talk to Abed, yeah. right? Yeah. So I have to imagine it'd be the opposite way, that when you see him... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or like the, the guy that in the girl with the dragon tattoo, American oh, the remake, raper? the raper guy, that terrible. Oh like, like, yeah, he's gotta yeah. like have a terrible time. Going For that out. matter, the guy in Deliverance, I think, oh, didn't yeah. have trouble getting work after that. Yeah, because you did yeah. too good of a job, buddy. It looked really, it looked really real. <laughs> that was pretty natural. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be tough, man. Yeah, yeah. No thanks. Well, and I think that is a calculation that, that actors do sometimes if it's a, like extremely evil character yeah. or a character that is just, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a calculation because, you know, for the rest of your life, that's going to be associated. It's with a risk. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a risk. Yeah. But then usually it's like nobody will remember most roles ever. Yeah. So it's like if you calculated it too much, you'd probably never work. Yeah. Well, that was the, um, uh, what, what, was it Shailene Woodley who's going to be in Diversion? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I read something now like you don't read an article you see the headline go flying by yeah. you know? so like <laughs> i absorbed part of this story but um, i clicked the link but it wasn't loading fast exactly i'm on a schedule hub <laughs> but uh where she had contacted jennifer lawrence who was kind of the only other person who oh, could yeah. understand making that decision and it was like yeah the risk is that that you're going to be branded with that for the for the rest of time but the opportunities that's going to open up for you are you know you can yeah. you can make your own world with something like that which is really cool yeah and i feel like jennifer lawrence is already like she's Katniss, but she's not like cause she's, no. she's done so many other things that she, are she so has different. such a strong personality yeah. outside yeah. of their characters too yeah we are all yeah. in love with her yeah. she got us right where she wanted she's the new larry david yeah <laughs> 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 I, I want if you ever meet her, please tell her that. I just want to. Hey, kind of I just want you to know that if people nerdists think that you, are the next Larry David, don't say anything. <laughs> just touch her beautiful lips it. with just my finger. Yeah. <laughs> Hush. Well, you guys will be relieved to know uh-huh. that Willie Nelson's armadillo that was stolen, uh oh, at a show <laughs> was returned to him. Okay. Wow. They have this armadillo, stuffed armadillo called Old Dillo. <laughs> that is like the mascot. I wonder why on their they tour. named him. Yeah, where do they find that? that I'm sure Willie. Dilla fan. I, Willie hired. <laughs> should have called it Jay Dillo for the five fans out there. there that would have been good. <laughs> Willie hired a think tank to come up with the name. <laughs> <laughs> and Old Dillo was like the mascot at the front of the stage of their shows. And yeah. during some meet and greet, I guess after a show, it disappeared. And then. A couple days later, some dude drove up very apologetically with the box of the he thing and returned it. He just couldn't handle it. I guess. He had such remorse. <laughs> <laughs> I can't live with myself, Willie. <laughs> How will Willie survive without a stuffed armadillo that wow. sits at the front of the stage? Is it oh. a taxidermied armadillo? Oh, oh. yeah, it's taxidermy. Yeah. We're looking at a picture of it. Oh, yep. it sure is. You gotta that have that. That was a real armadillo once. It yeah. was. They are really odd. I, I'm, I'm not so sure if this weird. was like, like a true trivia thing or like a Snapple cat, but I heard that <laughs> they cross rivers by jumping in, sinking to the bottom, and running across the bottom. Oh, yeah. I heard that because they, they can't be buoyant. Like, Something that's armored can't be buoyant at all. So. I heard that. I'm gonna scuttle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just so hope close. you can make it across before you're dead. I right? Know. Yeah. He has to like sort of see it. Like, can't, can't go across Eyeball the Mississippi. It, yeah. Yeah. I can do creeks. I can do gutters. Yeah. <laughs> Dry creek beds. Those are good. Have you guys ever seen Willie Nelson in the Family Live? 
No. no. So when he tours, like, he's old. He's very old. He yeah. can't just be Willie 24-7 on that stage. Yeah. So he does, like, Willie Nelson and the family. So Willie is, is some of his actual family. Like, his son is this, like, kind of badass guitar player who makes all those, like, faces you make when you're, like... Really yeah. into, the, into the notes, baby poop faces. Yeah, he looks kind of like Mark Hamill, circa 1977 Star Wars. <laughs> um, and so, like, and there's all these people. So it's like Willie Nelson and the family, and the, it's like it's like having a giant jug band with him. And you know, so like he'll pop up and sing, you know, for all the girls I love before, and then he disappears. Someone <laughs> else comes out, and he does a guitar solo, and it's just like this big old like shindig wow. jamboree thing. Willie Nelson, Emmett family. Otter type. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's like the talent show at the end of Emmett Otter. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool but it's different it's not what you kind of would expect but i guess it makes sense it's like yeah. you know if you need breaks periodically <laughs> right Just try show out. your pretty face and I, then love, fam. I think when he got nabbed at that one place where like fiona apple where everybody's oh, yeah. tour bus gets nabbed like, right. like what were you just got to see that coming in texas but yeah. they in texas which is they were like all right willie like just take your mushrooms back like, <laughs> we get it no one's gonna stop you now <laughs> <laughs> please don't if yeah. you see willie nelson don't stop him no. he's got to <laughs> figure it out i always gotta wonder if they're like uh, all units there's a, a homicide on there nope where you go we gotta stop willie it is tour <laughs> well, it looks like a chimney on its side is passing through Texas. <laughs> I really sure want to meet that. Willie Nelson, guys. Let's pull him over. <laughs> oh, Willie. Oh, Willie. This one's for you. That's right. So, Vanessa, you went and saw, you're saying. Oh, yeah. Muppets. The mu- new Muppet movie. Oh, yeah? Have you guys ever seen a movie at the El Capitan? Yes. It's such fun. It is such fun. We took the baby, who's two weeks old, so oh, he was nice. totally... Ready to see a movie? Who's his favorite Muppet? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Waldorf, right? It was yeah, for sure. Anyways, anyways. Um, everybody's favorite. But it was such an experience um, because before the movie, they you know often they'll have like their Wolitzer organ come up and they'll play a thing. But for the Muppets, they had it was like a Henson set, and Miss Piggy and Kermit were there. You guys, wow! I teared up so hard when Kermit was singing Rainbow Connection. It was magical. And then prisms came from the ceiling. And it was just, I, it was a beautiful thing. And then That's confetti. Really cool. Confetti. Cannons. In the movie theater. I was like, oh my God, what a life. The movie was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. But those 10 minutes, yeah. <laughs> So it makes you see the live show. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to go, you have to go to this one theater. Wow. I just, I enjoyed the movie. It was, it was. It had bits and pieces that were really fun. It didn't yeah. feel like it had as much heart as... Like, everybody kind of felt a little hollow, I thought. Which you shouldn't feel in a Muppet movie. Who, like, who's in that? Like, what's the what's the story? Is this still in the Jason Siegel reboot of the Muppets? Sort of. It's, it's, he's no longer involved, but yeah. the same, like, it's director same kind of, and yeah. writer mm-hmm. of... Uh, co-writer of the f- other one were. Yeah. But this cast had Ty Burrell, Tina Fey, and Ricky Gervais as the main mm. people. And those are all people that are like really great comedians. But it just didn't feel... I really didn't feel like the heart was there. Mm. There. I'm just going to say it. Gotta have heart with the Muppets. You do. That's yeah. all the Muppets are. What's the great... with The the, the Christmas one is Michael Caine, right? Oh, That's yeah. Muppet Christmas yeah. Carol. Oh, one. my God. Yeah. Who you have worked with. Oh yes, yeah, yeah! You and didn't even have to be a Muppet. <laughs> That's right. And coincidentally, I believe he was the one to beat you out 
at the Oscars. He did. We do have a nice. History. You guys have a pretty good history. Oh, and he gave yeah. you a sweet show. Oh yeah, that was that was uh, pretty amazing. And yeah, I mean, and and totally just out of the blue, you know, to get that from that kind of guy. So and that was yeah. before you had worked together. Yeah, that was the 2000 Oscars. We worked together in 2003 on uh, Secondhand Lions with um, uh, Robert Duvall. And by then, you had yeah. some major beef to hash oh, out. Oh yeah, set. The, that was the only way to settle the feud. Yeah. A heartwarming family film with him as my grandfather <laughs> and granduncle. Everyone's claws were out yeah. on the secondhand line set. It's like Sex in the City too on that one. In, in, in a town called I'm not making this up, Pflugerville, Texas. Yeah, but that's, that's the real shot, place. Like because the most of the movie takes place. At, I mean, almost all of the movie takes place at the at the the house, the, the uh, two old guys' house. And it was one of the the longest stretches I've spent in one location. Because with the film, like, you'll shoot at the studio, you'll have a couple other locations. We were there, like, 65 days at the one farmhouse in Pflugerville. Oh, oh my gosh. The tigers running around and lions and, lions and tigers running around. Oh no my. tigers, just lions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how was that with the animals? Uh, well, I, being, what was I? I was, like, 13 or 14 when we made that movie. I um, wanted to... Have closer contact with the yeah. lions than 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 like the insurance company. It's <laughs> comfortable with. So they had this uh, team of, I think it was like South African lion trainers, and they had a middle-aged woman who was about my size who put on a big wig and did all this stuff where she was really wrestling with a young uh, lion. And I was like, I'm ready to do it. Like, I want to do it. And they're like, you've got to be kidding me. So, no, no, she's no disposable, contact. okay? You're yeah. not. We, you know, we got close to them when they were behind, you know, the, the, the mesh and everything. Yeah. But no, no contact with the lion. Because, I mean, with, with all those, it's so risky because... You, they train them from cubs, and they they um, what? This is funny to me. And they have like wolves and lions and things like that. They're often trained with a dog buddy who is older and bigger than them, and who will sort of dominate the dangerous animal into thinking it's like a, a subordinate dog. Or oh something. my gosh! So they have like a dog buddy, but still with an animal like that, who you know they they can play a little too rough. Yeah, and you're dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that dog could buddy that be could an go. issue because like yeah. you know if it was like the Olsen twins, if one gets mauled, the other one just steps in. Right. You, know, so you, you could take a chance there, but there's only. Yeah. One of you. Yeah. Well, true fans will know. <laughs> we Gator, lost Ashley. a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can tell the difference. That's yeah, true. Oh my Very gosh! True. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about the Olsen twins later. Yeah, I'll bite my tongue now. Yeah, bite it. Bite it. Um, so, like, you, you did go to the Oscars in 2000, yes, which did. has to be a pretty surreal experience, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, um, it's it's just you know an extraordinary. Uh, uh, you know, concentration of, you know, some of the greatest actors and filmmakers around. Um, and, and that was at a fun time because I was about to start on AI with, uh, the, the Spielberg film and Jude Law, who was also nominated in, in uh, that category, you know, and Steven told me this before the Oscars. He's like, the best part of the ceremony is when they go to commercial break and everyone runs around trying to meet the people they most want to meet. Aww. So Jude, like, ran across the auditorium and was like, hey, do you hear we're going to be robots in this movie next? I was like, yeah. So it's it's a really fun night. And even people who have been in the industry for decades seem to get caught up in now, you know, this fun night where we yeah. celebrate movies. So one thing I remember, it was at the Shrine, too, which uh, it's, it's no longer held there. And the seats are really old. So, um, and also, this was one of the longest Oscar ceremonies they ever had because they still had like the Irving G. Thalberg Award, and mm. it was like a five-hour right. ceremony. <laughs> and when we jumped up to applaud for uh, Warren Beatty, who got the award that year, I 
like hit the the wooden handle. I was sitting on the aisle. I smacked the wooden handle into the aisle and oh. hit Clint Eastwood. <laughs> 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 run over and retrieve this like ninety year old wooden handle and put it back onto my seat. But you yeah. have to really play up like how young you are. In that exactly. Moment. Sorry, yeah, that, that's one. the only way you can get away with it is being being eleven. But also when that that South Park thing came out recently, six days to air, and they were talking about how they were on acid and in drag. That was that Oscars. Oh and my I remember gosh. seeing them being, oh look at those guys. I didn't <laughs> watch South silly. Park at the time. But yeah, added a whole other thing to to their experience. <laughs> <laughs> so think about like the sh- I saw I, I went to the shrine last week or two mm. weeks ago because the national did a concert and they premiered their documentary beforehand there it was cool but like those old theaters the amount of leg room is ridiculous were people just were like putting up with more pain back in the yeah. day like, or were, was everyone just miniature and we yeah. haven't like noticed the- well I've watched like uh, or, um, uh, pictures of old baseball stadiums in like the late 1800s and the rows are like hundreds of people they don't have aisle after aisle <laughs> so and, it, and like everybody just seems to have been a lot more formal and, I was and like, they well, i guess got they up just to get beer? pee their like, pants who, you know <laughs> right yeah it's, it just seems like and they were wearing like you know heavy fabrics too <laughs> oh yeah doing it up in the summertime you yeah. gotta be dapper no spectator imagine. sports are a lot more comfortable now yeah, <laughs> yeah we've gotten sloppy i think it's a good thing yeah <laughs> yeah some of those like those legroom things like you know i'm like like five seven five eight ish like and i'm always like thank god this is one of the few times that i'm oh. thankful that i'm not six two <laughs> yeah because it would be beyond painful it's already my legs are already cramping enough and you know yeah. with my height <laughs> well there are hotel beds where i'm like wow my feet are going over what does the nba do when they, <laughs> <stop>? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> they trash it yeah they go diagonally probably do they just get a room with two beds and then like push end to end beds instead of side by side <laughs> can i get one of your end to end rooms please <laughs> I remember I saw, I guess it was, what was that MTV show? Oh, Cribs. Um, (laughs) Cribs, you guys. So urban right now. Um, But they had one with Shaq. Are you saying everything? Why did you make quotes? Why why is everything Woody Allen with you right now? It's MTV Cribs. It's very interesting. You look at the urban lifestyle. Kazam. The start of Kazam. Anyway, he had a very big special bed, and I was always really impressed by that. He had it he, like specially made this huge. I remember bed. that one. Yeah, yeah. And he was like somebody tried to get a bigger bed, yeah, than me, exactly. and I got another one to beat them. Boom! <laughs> and his wife is like a miniature person in that episode, and it's just like she could have fit anywhere. Yeah, but now she has this big toadstool to sleep on. I thought it was really nice. <laughs> Way to go, Shaquille O'Neal. Yep. Oh, Shaq. Still holds the record. <laughs> He's very proud of that. So, uh, Spoils of Babylon. Very fun. Uh, an IFC miniseries. So uh, exciting and campy. Yeah. all the other miniseries. That, uh, it's completely ridiculous. And one of the only projects I would imagine where everybody get, is given carte blanche to be as big as they want to be and do whatever the hell they want to do. It's Yeah, that's just you know a, a playground for an actor when, there's, when it's that style of... Campy and and what what made it what gave it dimension and made it even more fun and not just you know being as crazy as you could be but was that they um, they had us create characters for the actors who were supposed to be playing the characters in the miniseries because there's like the behind the scenes yeah. thing with Will Ferrell's character and so we we created like 70s actors who had a completely different persona and then imagined 
these you know uh, inflated egos trying to make the best miniseries ever. Oh my god! <clears throat> Which is great because you know you you we don't want to be you know winking at the audience too much. That so when it, when it's like really passionate and you're really trying to do the best acting you can and it's just sucking. That's so so funny to me. <laughs> Did so. you know any of the cast like going in, um, or was it just an audition? Basically? I I don't think I had met anybody from the cast before. Yeah, and that was what was so neat is because we shot it in like. You know, less than a month. Everybody, I think a lot of people knew each other before Kristen and, yeah. and, and Will, obviously. Um, but it, you know, it was just sort of counting that the chemistry would work. And then once everybody got on set, it was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like it, uh, it really just sort of took off. And a lot of that's due to um, uh, Matt Piedmont, who's the director and who had worked at SNL with Will Ferrell. Um, and he just has this really cool style and is such is so talented visually that we really felt like we were in that world you know and we were shooting in like the 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 what used to be the LA Times uh editorial office or something that ridiculous evil round table yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just a total hoot so yeah that's awesome and you, you spent a lot a lot of your scenes were with Kristen and and Michael Sheen who yeah. is like <laughs> playing a part you would never picture of it yeah. whatsoever the voice is so crazy <laughs> it's so crazy <laughs> it's so funny yeah Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And and yeah, with, with, with Kristen, like, you know, she was on SNL when I was like the age that you really are paying attention yeah. to that show. So that just made it really special too. And she's, she's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely used to like uh, SNL used to be really a thing that you would like. It's Saturday night. I'm actually gonna, yeah. like I'm gonna right. sit and before watch it before you could count this. on the internet, you know, right. curating yeah, it and, and you'll delivering be like, it to I'll you watch in the these morning. Three sketches. Yeah. But yeah, I think that you know a lot of those shows are, sm- are smart about that. Is and and Fallon is and uh, Seth Meyers are designing their shows that way, where you're like, okay, not everybody's gonna be staying up to eleven thirty. Yeah. So you have a show where you really hit these things that are gonna that are gonna go viral, and you, right. you, you you're segment, seeking that segment, audience. Segment, yeah. Out. yeah, it's really a smart adaptation. Yeah, because. Everybody's changing the way they consume. Yeah, so yeah. I, I only watch sports live on television anymore. Probably sports and like if something really bad happens on the news. <laughs> I guess I won't yeah, wait yeah. for the and, and the news. The news, the news channels they just pray and something terrible is going to happen every oh, day. Yeah. <laughs> please, please watch us. Or in LA, if it rains, they're like, yeah. if, if it rains, we're going to get thirty minutes of great news. Or earthquakes, which oh, now yeah. there's all kinds yeah. of geologic activity, and it's really hard to predict. But um, those last couple and the one in Chile, which so is what do you, oh yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen in Los Angeles? I feel like you're it's, very smart and you're going to tell gonna me if come, I'm going to die. But I remember reading some some geologists saying like every day the chance is one to one. Like did it happen? No. Okay. Well, tomorrow the whole new odds because geologic things happen over such a you know yeah. difficult to imagine <laughs> lengthy period of time that you just don't know. But yeah, something like the 1912 earthquake in San Francisco happening here would be you know uh, catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just hoping yeah. that all these little quakes are like burping the earth. Yeah, they're calming then, it down. Yeah. Oh, the ba- yeah, they're like a baby. Yeah, now. yeah exactly. Okay. So I like to think of it that way too. It does, and we're okay. It's like, I think he's going to go back to sleep for yeah, a while. Yeah, you know, <laughs> let mommy and daddy get on with their lives for a while. And the, the, the Japanese one in 2011 was so terrifying because oh. that is the best prepared country in the world yes. for yeah. those earthquakes. Yeah. And they still were, you know, devastated. Destroyed, yeah. So. Yeah, you know we're good too. Though we retrofit a lot of things. I don't think the building I live in is retrofitted. So <laughs> we'll I don't think see. ours is. We fastened a bookshelf to the wall, so That's we're not going to die. You go. I did that with my, with my television. <laughs> yeah, it's like all these people that you know, because I'm from the Midwest originally, but live out mm-hmm. here, and like they'll be like, "How do you?" 
It's earthquakes. Oh, yeah. it's going to be the worst thing. I'm like, look, all it does is it shakes for a few seconds and you go, did anything fall? No. Nope. And then you look at Twitter and you make a couple quick, jokes. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah. And you get on it and then it's over. I don't have to get out and shovel my driveway every morning or worry about <laughs> well, I will take or, earthquakes any day over tornadoes. Tornadoes oh are so gosh. much scarier to me. So scary. You know, that Have you ever yeah. experienced one? Uh, a not not a nothing more than like an F one or F two. My my uh, uh, parents are from Alabama originally, so a lot of our families back there, and there were a couple, but nothing yeah. nothing crazy like the you know the things that happened in the tornado alley. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. so yeah, scary. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I used to remember being a kid and like you would get the the tornado warnings on the TV or whatever. Or you'd hear the siren yeah. every once in a while. And, like, you, you know, you have basements in the Midwest. This is mm. something that's yeah. not out here, really. So you'd go down to the basement and just hang out there for a couple hours. Yeah. And hopefully you had a TV or something down there to do. Or, <laughs> or really Anything that reminds board. you you're yeah. so, like, at the mercy of the earth is very frightening. Yeah, Because exactly. we spend our days trying to pretend that we are not and yeah. that we control things and fix things. No. The Earth controls us. And you she can, decides. You can hop so you're like, oh, I'll go from New York to Los Angeles. Yeah, or go to London. No problem. I That's why the Malaysian. I mean, aside from all the other sensationalistic aspects of that, it is kind of frightening that in this day and age, yeah. something that large and that and that technological can too. Yes. but it can. Like Whoa. I was flying from uh, Accra to New York the day that the Air France uh, disaster happened mm-hmm. in 2009. And that was really rattling because I was like, oh my God, we went like through the same storm. Oh my gosh. The- and that was a gigantic plane. It took yeah. them a week to find any trace of that. So, Do you think they're yeah. ever going to find the Malaysian? They might not. If yeah. the black box runs out of battery, they might never find yeah. it because it's like 12,000 feet deep there. So you yeah. can't go. But then there's also the theories that like, oh no, it's they know exactly where it is. <laughs> there's it's an not, Area 51 right now. They're not telling anybody. <laughs> and, and when I hear people say like that there's like a conspiracy or something i'm like okay everyone thought that chris christie was the most brilliant shrewd politician ever look at all the clues that were left for something as stupid and small as a bridge closing yeah <laughs> this is an airplane with 239 people our government can't make a website work like let alone yeah. make a plane disappear <laughs> <laughs> this seems like this is a weird transition but uh you're you in the entourage movie yeah <laughs> oh, no, perfect. <laughs> yeah um, and uh, you play a pretty pivotal role, from what I understand. I, I'm just so grateful that you know Doug Allen and uh, and everybody gave me the chance because the role is just a, a, like spoils of Babylon, just like the id unleashed. Um, this uh, I'm, I'm Billy Bob Thornton's son. And Billy Bob Thornton is an, uh, an oil billionaire who has fi- financed uh, Vince's first movie as a director. And they go a little over budget, and Billy Bob, instead of going to sit on Ari's head himself, sends me his spoiled, rotten, terrible son, and I just give them Are a lot of trouble. Are you the Joffrey of this movie? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, there's a little Ooh. bit of Joffrey. There's no heads on stakes, <laughs> but yeah, it's but it's just so great. And, and that group of guys in front of the camera and behind... It love working with each other so much that uh, you know it's like these these old friends getting back together on this film, and uh, it's a fun environment to get into. And and the relentless, uh, almost unsolicited cameos. Like I see Doug like on set going like, oh, got another text from Rihanna, got another text from so and so, got another text like from you know. It's because I I call him the the reverse paparazzi because famous people will not let him alone. He cannot oh my escape gosh. famous people who want to be in this movie, which is hilarious. He's like, okay, so. we got to put another barista. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's have uh, the entire uh, New England Patriots walk by, which kind of happened on set. The Are other you day. serious? Gronkowski was there, and then he left and came back because he was having so much fun. Oh like, my yeah, god! Now, did he get injured during the shooting? No, he oh, out fell for four bad to six for, weeks. 
for Kevin or... Connolly because people online were like, oh, like he's no football player. But it was just a freak accident. And he, his leg got really messed yeah, up. Right? Oh, my gosh. It broke in two places. He had surgery. And he still was um, hobbling around on set with it, with it broken. Oh, so, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, he's a trooper. Judy Dench is like driving a limo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's calling in all the favors. It's been mostly texts from like, oh, yeah. Vanessa Redgrave. Sure, you, you can be in the movie, but you're going to have to play the room service guy. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was like like British thespes that were recording <laughs> yeah. yeah. the uh, yeah, lady uh, no, Michael Gambon yeah. <laughs> right. Stephen Fry yeah. had you watched Sir the Ian show McKellen <laughs> joins the entourage uh, yeah I did I was I was in high school when it started yeah. and, and uh, I, I enjoyed watching it uh, a lot of a lot of my friends were freaking out about it with me it was like oh like you know, at first I didn't watch it because I was like, oh, well, like I, you know, I, I know. It's too close. I know movies and everything. But it wasn't really about that as much as it was like the lifestyle of like a, a, a action star. Like yeah. Vince and an agent like Ari. And it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's just totally. Well, that was show. the way you were living early. Oh, right? yeah. You know, going to Vegas every weekend. <laughs> the Sixth Sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Your trailer. No, that, was you know, it's funny because the. the time i spent on film sets even now but especially when i was a kid it was like the more wholesome than high school you know yeah. <laughs> like, you know that it's there's very strict laws about uh, how many hours a kid can go to has to go to school for particularly in california um you know and you have a teacher and your you know your parent there and and all the directors that i worked with really created a a very wholesome environment on the set well so i was looking I at your reddit holiday and, yeah. <laughs> hollywood you you did a great reddit in Thanks. january um and People should go look it up and read through it. It was fun to get to know you like that. But um, <laughs> there was a funny part where someone was asking, like, if it was crazy on the set of Six Sense. Like, and you're such a kid, and you're like, I heard, but they did a really good job. Like, I didn't go to those parties. I was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was a funny perception for people to have, like, oh, man, the kid was wild. <laughs> really? I think there were a lot of people making that not happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they, and I was talking to, to, to Jeremy Piven the other day, and he's like, it's just amazing that people think that I am Ari in real yeah. life. It's just there's right. this – even now and today when there's – you can – Get get so much more of an insight into a performer, you know, through podcasts yeah. and things like that. People still think that you you're that guy. you are that character in the movie, which, yeah. which is kind of funny. And I think you can actually use it to your advantage. Sometimes. Well, it must be in the movie, not in real life. Oh. <laughs> what must be tough for you though is like you constantly see dead people. Yeah, yeah, that's still the picture. Whenever anything happens, it's still a picture of me when I'm 12. But, you know, like, if that helps me get you know hide in a restaurant better, you know, yeah. or that in the beard, I'm fine with that. Use it where you gotta use. It. Well, yeah. and the stuff that you're doing now, you're having like such an explosion of awesome work, and you're trying such cool stuff. Thanks. Has that been at all a struggle for people to see you in these different roles? Or I wouldn't say a struggle. Um, I, you know, I, I did a, 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 I guess what would not be a great business decision in that I went to college and didn't do very much work for like yeah. five or six years. But so, you were at NYU in the experimental theater. Yes, yeah? exactly. So yeah. you were working. Yeah, yeah. So I was working for me, and that was kind of important because so much of your energy, particularly when you're trying to, to do things in LA, is towards things that don't necessarily have to do with acting. Yeah. It yeah. takes a lot of your energy away. So with that, I was just was able to spend several years just focusing on that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, people like the you know tragically departed uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think some of the the, the best actors in the business kept close to their you know to the craft of it and, yeah and then part of that to you know involve taking time away from just doing movies and everything so that's that's a lesson i certainly want to want to uh, follow and it has to be such a conscious choice because 
like the industry won't help you do that. No, <laughs> but, but, and you know, but when you were saying about, you know, the, the incredible luck I've had in the past year, that was a good, like agent manager saying like, okay, come back to Los Angeles now. <laughs> Ready to work, you can't, buddy. You can't get those things from doing theater in Philadelphia, which is what I was doing in 2011. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's finding a balance between yeah. those things. Cause, cause you know, as we were saying about, um, like the Shailene, Woodley's and uh, Jennifer Lawrence's of the world, you know, doing something that big gives you the power to do the small stuff yeah. and the things that you really want to do. So, totally, totally. Yeah. So you can go back to Philly. Yeah, right. <laughs> which I love. Still, yeah. I worked in Philly like three times. I love Philly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're in the new Kevin Smith movie as well. Yeah. Tusk, I believe is the name yes. of it. He's the man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's got to be pretty surreal working with him. Yeah. I'm sure he's a little less traditional than some other directors you've, you've worked with. He is, but he's... Um, the, the the set is really like efficient and 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 I don't know just the crew he has around him is you know he has like Jason Mewes and everybody around it's like familiar faces yeah. and so everybody works really well as a team and he just um, puts out so much material on the page every day and is constantly reworking and tinkering and watching you know when I showed up on set and had you know a huge day with uh, uh, Justin Long with the very very first day we met doing a podcast in the movie we're podcasters and based on that day he's like okay we're gonna like rework and see how these guys bounce off each other and it's it's a really fun and sort of fertile environment to work in well it sounds more fluid than probably yeah. most films can and be. i and i'm somebody who's a little bit compulsive in learning the lines to the words so it was a good and he's very comfortable with improvisation and mixing so that was a good way to stretch and hey, like can we improvise too. the script the yeah. written script <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mine's yeah. going to be very close to what you put on the page, exactly. Mr. Smith. <laughs> it's going to be a very consistent improvisation. <laughs> you might recognize this before. I, I pride myself on very consistent improvisation. One bizarre thing that happens as an actor is when if you audition for a role, it's usually like the best scene in the movie is what you audition with right. for your character. Yeah. So when you finally get on set months later and do it, often the, the scene has changed. And I have found myself reverting to because you rehearse the audition yeah. so much, and then I'm like, why am I saying these lines? They don't exist because that's anymore. how I booked it. Because like, that's in the, in the old, the deep cells in your brain. Yeah, that's why they gotta have you start auditioning with just like the scene where your character goes and orders a coffee at Starbucks. Sure, sure. So yeah. that changes. You're not really married. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's do firsts. We do this every podcast. It's a different first from life. Um, this one is: What was the first TV miniseries you can remember really being into? Since it ties in with uh, Spoils of Babylon, in a wow. sense. What was the first TV miniseries I was really into? I, watching live, honest, honestly, the first I can remember, um, it wasn't when it first aired, but in fifth grade watching Roots. We watched all of Roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first one I can remember. And I guess from the Earth to the Moon, we watched that the, the yeah, Ron Tom Howard, Hanks. Tom Hanks one. That yeah. was pretty cool. Those would be early ones. So very different miniseries, but yeah. There used to be so many yeah. more of those now, but I feel like there's not as many now because everything's like, uh, you know, Netflix does a series that are like, here's everything all at once. Yeah. And, or they just do the full series of it or whatever. It's absorbed into streaming. Yeah. yeah. That's why Spoils was kind of fun because it aired as a miniseries. Right. You know, which, which is, which is pretty cool. It's pretty unique. Yeah. Nowadays. I think for me, it was, um, and Vanessa will weigh in this when she gets back from PP land. Uh, I think it was Stephen King's It. Oh. Which was, uh, I remember it for two reasons. One, we bought like our first big screen TV right when that came out, and that was yeah. the thing like we, we saw on it oh, first. Oh, nice. But it was one of those big screen TVs that was like, like a box. It was huge. It was, yeah. it caught, you know, weighed like hundreds of pounds because <laughs> uh, it wasn't a flat screen. It was like, oh yeah, it's you know, yay by yay, but it's, it's a also box. It's, yeah. a, it's huge. It's huge. Um, so I remember watching it on that and the, the way that the 
first part ended with the bathtub with him running in on the wall or whatever in blood and yeah. um, Tim Curry being scary as Tim what? Curry, that's right, yeah. Oh, God, it's so scary. So that and then also The Stand, which is the other Stephen King miniseries. I wasn't put into both of those. Oh, I never saw that. I like that book a lot. It's a pretty yeah. cool miniseries. I liked it a lot. Nice. You can tell it suffers from a little bit of budget issues from time to time. Because <laughs> the, the, the book is like... 1200 pages or something there's like three you know huge acts in that the first one is my favorite too just like it's the most like kind of wry um, but still frightening like apocalypse that happens and like i don't know just the way he does it there's that one chapter where he's like you know sonia went to her swimming class and like infected everyone there and then like he drove to new york on vacation and infected everyone in the movie theater and like he he, like sort of the exponential you know expansion of the virus is really neat (laughs) that's a pretty fun miniseries how about you vanessa uh Gulliver's Travels with Ted Nance. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. That might have been the first one. I might have to one. revise from Roots. Um, I got yeah. really into that. <laughs> and then I read Gulliver's Travels after it. But I remember just like really looking forward to that television event so much. The uh, One of my favorite movie-going experiences was a version of Gulliver's Travel. Um, and it was called Gulliver's Travel, which gave a clue about the quality of this. And it was this, I forget what country it came from, but I, I'm have been on the Academy uh, Animation nominating committee for a while. And it used to be the rules where you had to watch every single film in submission in the Academy Theater. You couldn't Whoa. go see it. You had to go see it in the Academy Theater. So you were compelled to go see things that were submitted even if they had no chance and things like this. So one day, like after school, I went uh, just by myself. And it was packed house, mostly animators. And this Gulliver's Travel had been <laughs> dubbed into English in the most ridiculous way because it took place on what looked like Th- in Thailand or something mm-hmm. where the Lilliputians all had like Thai but there was a guy who sounded like Colin Farrell there was a guy who sounded like John Wayne there was a, a woman who sounded like uh, you know a, a, a Jewish grandmother there, it's like the most bizarre collection of accents Americans was, will like I was crying laughing the whole time <laughs> and the lines hadn't been translated correctly so oh, like when Gulliver comes gosh. in and goes oh you people are too smart for me and they go Gulliver haven't you ever heard of Shakespeare, and it was the laugh riot. So. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! <laughs> I, love this. I especially love it when they take a title and translate it to for another country, then they translate it back into oh, English yeah. and how much it changes. So funny! Like, did I, you have any of your films have weird translations uh, that you I knew about? I looked this up once and I can never remember them because they're so they defy logic in such an amazing <laughs> way. They really do. Like as good as it gets when you translate it back became Mister Cat Poop. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> There's a whole list of them online if you look it up. They're all friggin' hilarious. They're so good. I remember being annoyed that I think not a lot of countries dub uh, English films in English. It's usually subtitled. But in Germany, they did. And the kid they got me for The Sixth Sense was like the squeakiest voice. Like, <laughs> sounded like I was nine. And I was like, that kid's too young to play me. So that was... Yeah. That was German. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Changing it up. And there's, there's a boy... Oh, now a man in Japan who was uh, I, I did the Kingdom Hearts series for oh yeah still I'm doing the Kingdom Hearts series and I hope I never stop uh-huh. but um, he was the the counterpart to my character and it's like we had this twin career in this series but we've never met so oh, he's yeah. out there you've still never met <laughs> no but it's like it's been the same kid for, for Kingdom Hearts I believe every time so I, I loved how you said a boy now a man <laughs> <laughs> like you've been tracking Once him you a boy now you are a man <laughs> 
All right, let's do my questions. Okay, great. Uh, these are five trivia questions about some of your past projects. Mm. I think you'll do fine, though. Hope so. I'll give uh, you col- clues if you she'll, want. She'll give you clues. <laughs> uh, really bad clues. I'm not great at it. <laughs> yeah, be, it'll be hilarious. Uh, question one. You played David in the Spielberg meets Kubrick film AI Artificial Intelligence. Uh, what heavy metal band is playing at the Flesh Fair? Ministry. There you go. Yes. Oh, that fine. was cool. That's and, right. and there was a point where St- Steven, I don't think, plays guitar, but he went up on stage with Ministry during the huge Flesh Fair suit and just put on a guitar and <gasps> commanded to play. And, and, and the hundreds of people out there were, were like, ah! <laughs> it was a nice like little mini rock star moment, which Aww. I thought was hilarious. I was oh, underneath yeah. the stage in the cage about to be executed. <laughs> <laughs> Still, it was a really good time. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that they added on the artificial intelligence because people were afraid they would be A1 and they think it was stick. Yeah, I remember the, like, that being a thing because the script just said AI on it and they were right. like, well, America is going to need a little more help. <laughs> we love our steak sauce. Got <laughs> a robot to make steak sauce? I'm confused. <laughs> and interested. <laughs> probably is made by robots if you yeah. think. Probably. For sure. <laughs> All right, question two. You played Cole Sear in the smash hit The Sixth Sense. According to director M. Night Shyamalan, the film was inspired by an episode of what four kids suspect show it's a question I, d- I haven't heard that interview with him um a question about you would ask a child before you oh, turn a light off are you afraid of the dark yeah. really yeah. i've never heard that yeah. <laughs> good clue so there's an episode that has similar details huh. of like characters not getting um addressed or re- you don't realize until the end that no one has talked to them and oh. yeah, evidently uh question three Who would have ever seen what good could come from that? I know. <laughs> I saw an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote wow. a cultural touchstone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, question three. You voiced Barry Barrington in the Disney live-action version of The Country Bears. Uh, the film is one of five movies based on Disney theme park attractions. Can you name the other four? Okay, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Country Bears, is that one of them? That's the fifth. So okay, so there's three more. Uh, uh, women are from... Mar? What? Oh, yeah. Men are <laughs> from Mars, place. yeah. Yeah, so, and you're going to go there. This oh, is oh uh, Mission to Mars. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's a crazy ride in uh, Disney World. Yep. Um, oh, the Haunted, haunted yeah. Mansion, obviously. And. and wow. Splash? Oh. Tower of. Yeah, yeah. There's a Tower of Terror movie? There is. Coming it, up? It's No, it's years ago. It was Steve Gutenberg and Kristen Dunst. Ah. Uh, from, like, I think it was made, might have been made for cable. But it exists. That ride creeped me out when I was a kid. Like that's a scary Rightly ride. Rightly so, and it's an intense it. ride too. There's no reason to do that ride. Yeah. That's <laughs> a terrifying thing to do to yourself. One of my least favorite things in life is like the sensation of my stomach dropping, Ooh. and that's all that is. It's yeah. like, hey, look, neat Twilight Zone stuff. Your stomach is dropping. And also, yeah. if the ride breaks at all, you won't know until you're dead because it feels like it's broken the whole time. And it makes the sound of yeah. yeah. No, do not do that ride. And if the afterlife is the Twilight Zone, then you'll never you'll know. never know. You'll just think this is a really long ride. <laughs> Wow. No wonder people like it so much. Uh, The real hotel is so dinky, too. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Question four. You played Trevor in the Do Good Unto Others film Pay It Forward. What rocker and sometimes actor played Trevor's alcoholic father? John Bon Jovi. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Good old John Bon. He did. (laughs) And question five. You played Forrest Jr. in the beloved dramedy Forrest Gump. Forrest Sr. hails from what small Alabama town? Beaumont. The blank. The blank arrow. I should know this. The blank arrow. Is that a bad one? Uh, Uh, The blank lantern. 
It's another green something. Yeah. like green something. Yeah. yeah, green arrow. Uh, but what do you? <laughs> green shoot karate. It with? Um, oh yeah, I'm not good at green, this. Green bow. Yeah. Oh, green bow. Oh, green bow. do they say that in the movie? They do. There's a point where Forrest goes. I think you should go back to Greenbow, Alabama. Oh, uh, uh, to Jenny, who's constantly being a dick to him. <laughs> <laughs> Darn hippies, always Darn running away hippies. with your heart. Oh yeah, right. Yep. Good job. Yeah, you did. You did great. Okay, <laughs> now it's time for my questions. Okay. Number one, have you ever met an Olsen twin? I have seen both of them again, just oh, out in New York. In New you York. just see them go by in a flash of jewelry. Right. That's all. That's <laughs> well, they it. they yeah. clock in when Spike Lee clocks out. <laughs> that's that's yeah. how it works. But their clock yeah. is just like run. Yeah, <laughs> like, they just have to do a flying by appearance. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. how were they? Just sparkling. They, I, one, I was going into the big movie theater at a Lincoln Center, uh, and one of them went by was blonde at the time. Um, <laughs> I, I had fallen behind on my Olsen facts in oh, 2006. No. Then another one that I just um, I was walking back to my dorm on 10th Street and I saw him eating. They were like at foot. They were eating. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were at a restaurant. Okay. Um, So that's mean. (laughs) (laughs) But but, uh, they were there. It was like one of those restaurants that's below street level, and they I I saw just like the heads, the two heads. Them at foot level is the best thing. (laughs) The only thing that would beat it is if you saw them scurrying up a tree. Um, Okay, those were. I'm really glad you've seen them. Um, Everybody's got to right. Yeah. Thousand things to see before you die. I haven't yet. It's it's really. Hard for me. Okay. Uh, you've angered a wizard, naturally, and he's giving you a choice between two punishments. So you have to pick which one you're going to suffer. Okay. Either you're going to be trapped on Snake Island, which there's... Have you ever seen Vice documentaries? Those? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Vice just did a thing on this thing called Snake Island that's off of Brazil that is completely infested and overrun by snakes. They've killed everything, including the birds. They're in the trees. They're the most poisonous snakes. But they happen to be on an island with a very important lighthouse, so people have to go and like maintain this lighthouse. <laughs> it's wow. disgusting. No, thank you. Like Kevlar pants. You're stuff. not allowed like, to go by law, by Brazil law, without a doctor who's carrying the um, anecdote or the geez. yeah the antivenom. Are um, they native, or is it one of those things where someone accidentally brought the, the wrong snake? The re- the allure is that pirates put them there with some treasure. To protect. Oh, so there's treasure there? Let's, Let's go. Let's go digging. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. Let's do a no, podcast no, over there. So either you have to stay one night on Snake Island, just one night, and you won't die, but that's all that you can be assured of. Good. Or you have to be trapped in a parking garage with car alarms going off for two weeks. Oh, the snake. snake really? Snakes don't bother me. If I'm not going to get poisoned, like, snakes yeah, I've been bitten by snakes before. Who like, are you? I, I, had, you- I, had a, I still have... A leopard gecko. He lives in my parents' town because I travel too much. But he's like twenty. Um, but lizards aren't snakes. Uh, they're a lot cuter. Yeah. Um, but snake. I just. I always liked reptiles when I was a kid. And snake. I had a milk snake uh, for a little bit when I was younger. And milk yeah, they snake. just. There's just something I. It's like a phobia you have or you don't. Because my girlfriend is terrified, yeah. diagnosed phobic of, of snakes, diagnosed and things that look too much like snakes, eels, like skinks, like right. it's there. There's it's like a bungee thing. cords, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's just something in your brain that it's there. It's not. I guess I've got I that. Have, yeah. because <laughs> I would never do that. I would I'm not ne- a fan. They're yeah. in the trees, you guys. Did you miss the part they're where they're in the they, trees? they kill rodents? They're like spiders, you know. I, I, I'll, you know, you see a spider in my house, I'll let him go. I don't um, mind spiders. You know? Snakes just don't have legs and that's a problem for me yeah um you made a great decision i think you're probably a better person because you can understand that animal (laughs) but i just don't have um this is a game called alternate catchphrases okay Okay. and you're gonna tell me what your sixth sense character would say in these different locations ready what would he say in a magical bakery 
I see yeast. <laughs> I see bread people. Bread people. Oh God! Wow, that was uh, that was right there. <laughs> I, I stumbled what would you over say that one. At a conference full of inspiring public speakers. Uh, I. It's, it's, it always rhymes, right? Yeah. I don't get this one. You don't? I don't. I do not. Like people giving great talks. I see inspired people. I see <laughs> TED people. Oh, like TED talks. oh, okay. right. That's why yeah, because yeah. see your your spell correct made it spread people. Oh, like, <laughs> how, does, how does that make sense at all? Oh, this is my favorite one. Well, I'll save the favorite one for last. Okay, <laughs> atop I'm... a snowy mountain with frolicky children. I see sled people. Yes. Okay. There we go. And now, now my it. favorite one at a cheese abbreviation convention. I see Ched. Yeah. yeah. Caught on at the end. Yes. See, for spread people, it's like a bunch of people at a buffet. Yeah. I can say Ted. So it's like, I, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, okay, next question. So you just did Tusk, and I yes. think you probably learned a lot about podcasts, which is yes. what Cole and I do. So what can we do differently? Or what pitfall can we avoid that will keep one of us from something horrible happening? Well, in Tusk, it, it's, it's a horror <laughs> it, it gets movie, dark. so you yeah. might not want to follow the... It's, yeah. a, it's like a cautionary tale. About what shouldn't we podcast. do on this podcast? Well, I don't, I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but... Um, no, you guys are like... You have a good vibe. You're like a nice vibe. And our, our podcast in the movie is a little bit more... Um, Laughing at people rather than oh. with them, and that kind of bites so we shouldn't the ass. go dark. So don't go dark. It's nice. It's like I mean, we're in like a sunny like house in LA. <laughs> there's, there's like a kid doodles. drawing doodles on the chalk <laughs> wall. It's like yeah. I, I I I enjoy this uh, this setting, but yeah, and um and and we shot, we shot it in like um a, a country club in Belmont, North Carolina, where all, a lot of our sets were in there, including the creepy old house where horrible things happen, and. <laughs> It was like a company had built this country club and it was like a front and they went bankrupt and left. So it's all this nice community around like a haunted country club. Oh my so God. It like, it's like musty and there was mold and like it was a really great, um, it was freezing. It was a great atmosphere to shoot that part of the movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, we'll stay here in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, we'll stay here. Yeah, <laughs> we'll keep nice. the lights on. Yeah. Um, this is your last question. And it's just another option. If you had an option to have either a guest role as a friend of Walt Jr.'s on Breaking Bad, mm. so you get to be involved with Breaking Bad, but it's not like... You're not a, in the action, yeah. yeah. Or you get to be a villain on Game of Thrones. Oh, villain on Game of Thrones. Easy peasy. Yeah. Thing. No problem. Yeah, what are you going to do as Walt's well, they, friend? They don't, I don't know. Really, I would be so excited you know, you're to do Lewis, you know, you, he, Walt wants to send... Spoiler alert, kind of. <laughs> Walt wants to send you stuff, and Walt Jr. says, no, I hate you, Dad. You're oh, a murderer. Yeah. Either that or you're just <laughs> eating breakfast a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Flynn. <laughs> yeah. But but with Game of Thrones, it's, what's cool about that, too, is that like I can't think of too many Americans on that show except for yeah. Peter Dinklage. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you that's know, true. It's all Irish, Scottish, New Zealand, Australian, What house English. would you want to be? Uh, well... The Starks are who you're rooting for, yeah. but the Lannisters have more fun. <laughs> Your eyes now, who's just the lit guy, up. Who's, who's, who's Melisandre, the, the guy Melisandre's uh, con- controlling? I don't know. Uh, I would have Stannis. To every name. Yeah, I, that's I a bad time. You do not want to be hanging with Stannis. Yeah. Like, right. you know, the Onion Knight was just trying to do good things, and he sure. was punished for it. True. <laughs> I just want to be buddies with Hodor. Yeah. <laughs> Hodor. Hodor. Hodor it up. There was an article, was it on the AV Club? 
Hodor came out as Hodor. He did. So, so yeah, I have a shirt that's like Hodor's family crest, and it says, it says like Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of different pictures of Hodor doing Hodor things. It's saying Hodor. I love and it. That, that name loses any. If you say it more than three times, it doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> and also, something comes out of a mirror. Yes. Right? Hodor does. <laughs> Hodor. He carries, he carries you around, and life is great. Oh, life will be so good. Oh, my gosh. Let's all dream of that tonight. That's true. Yeah. Being nestled by Hodor and like a baby Bjorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a big Lord. baby Bjorn. Well, you did it, Haley. You made it all the way through. Thank you so much. Uh, also, just should announce, uh, Alpha House got renewed. Yes, yeah, yeah, you. We start this summer. There you, you go. You are a busy man. It's it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Tusk when that comes out, Tusk. Entourage movie, um, yeah. and uh, people can follow you on Twitter. That's right at Haley Joel Osmond. Yep. How'd you pick that name? Uh, it was uh, focus groups. Mostly. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Takes a village, you guys. <laughs> uh, we're on there as well at Cole Strat. At Vanessa Ragland. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening and thanks for being here, Haley. We Thank you guys. That was a lot of fun. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh,